0: We're just so thankful that you allow us not to be lost in this world, but that you find us. That you go after that lost sheep and you have said, I don't want them to be alone. I don't want them to be lost. I don't want them to be given over to death. But you have brought us to life and you have brought us to yourself and you've brought us into community. And so, Father, we pray that together as this community, we would surrender to your word, submit to it, Lord, your teaching, as if it's full of authority, because it is. It's your living word. And so, Lord, we pray that you would teach us this morning by it. We pray that you would prepare our hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been in the book of Colossians looking at just how spectacular Jesus is. It goes to great lengths, Paul does, as he writes this letter to the church at Colossae to say... You need to look at Jesus. And so we've been going through a section that we've been calling Jesus 101, looking at some basic things that every believer needs to know about Jesus in verses 15 through 20 it's just a solid, solid amount of information about Jesus. Not that we would just know. I think that for believers as we think about these things and consider these things and meditate on these things, I think there's times when we consider who Jesus is. that This passage right here should bring us to tears. I have a good friend. I told her I was preaching through this section. She said I can barely make it through these verses without just breaking down and realizing how glorious He is. And I pray that He brings us to that place of just saying Jesus for all that he is. We've seen already that it says that he was fully God and fully man. He wasn't part God and part man. It was both fully God and fully man in one person as he was in the flesh as well. We know that Jesus made everything and that everything was made for him. It also said last week that Jesus was before all things, and that in Him, in His powerful Word, word, that He's holding all things together, that the reason that everything's not just flying out of control, and my leg's not just falling off over there, is that Jesus is literally speaking it onto my body, and that our hearts, too, are being held fast to Him by His Word. So we've been seeing that about Jesus, and today we're going to go into the next verse. In fact, we're only going to read part of the verse. It's a really short one today. Uh, Some of you may be breathing a sigh of relief because I've heard how hard those chairs are. Uh, So this is Colossians chapter 1, verse 18a. Verse 18a. It says this, And he, that's Jesus, and Jesus is the head of the body, the church. That's it. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. I first want to just kind of point out that word church that you see on the screen. We talk about church all the time. Church this, church that, church, 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 church. You can go down the street and there's churches on every corner. But you've got to consider what the word church means. The, the word that is coming from there in the Greek is ekklesia. You've maybe heard of uh, ecclesiastical things, right? Ekklesia. And what that word really means is called out. People who have been called out, which means we were someplace else before, and God looked at that place we were in and said, I don't want them in that place, I'm going to call out to them, I'm going to invite them, I'm going to remove them from that place, I'm going to move them to a new place. So what were some of the things that you were called out of individually? When God called you out, you were called out of sin. You were called away from the rebelliousness of your heart and the things that you wanted to do. You were called out of that place and you were brought into holiness and righteousness. As well, when he looked at you and he called you out, he called you not out of just sin. He called you out of death. You're no longer in death. You are now in life. You're in him. He called you out of that. Those are some individual things, but collectively, he's called us out of Of the dominion of darkness. He told us that earlier in Colossians chapter 1. He's called us out of the dominion of darkness. He's, he's, He's transferred us to the kingdom of His Son. And then in addition to that, we've been called out of this world. We're not supposed to be like this world. We're not supposed to operate the way the other nations operate. We're not supposed to operate the way other organizations operate. We are called out of those things. We are placed into Something else, and that's the other word I want to highlight from this verse. We are called out of those things and put into the body, a group, a congregation, the body. Any of you ever um, played baseball when you were growing up? Maybe kickball. You you did right. You played games. Amen. You remember when the game was going to begin? You can't just have a whole group of people. You have to have two teams. And so you, you line up the whole group there. And you might have two captains. And the captains start picking teams, right? And you stood there on that line. And eventually, whoever was captain called your name. And you were called out of being an individual in a place that was kind of nebulous. It had no meaning because you weren't, you weren't attached to anything. They called you. Jason. Jason. I'm calling you. And you were called out of that place and you are put into a team, right? You are put into a people. You belong. You were maybe on the red team or the blue team. But you have been called out of being an individual and called into being a part of a team. And when you're called out of the world and you're called out of your sin, you're called out of death, you're called out of the dominion of darkness. You weren't just called to a place where you're, you're still alone. You weren't called to an individualism. You were called to a body.
1: The body of Jesus Christ.
0: The body. In 1 Corinthians it says this concerning the body. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. What that means is that when you became a believer, God said to you, you're going to come over here by my spirit, you're going to be baptized by my spirit. And that baptism of the spirit, and as he fills you, Puts you into a body. Puts you into the church, and not just Unity Church. This is a great church. But when you're called into the body of Christ, you are associated with the people of Christ who have been called into the body over there, and those over there, and those in China, and those in Saudi Arabia. You are called into the body of Christ. You're not just on your own anymore. And so we have been called out. We've been placed into a body. And let me tell you this: when you get put into a body, the Scripture says that you didn't come into that. And all of us were the muscles, right? Some of you have big biceps, and we all wish, man, I wish I was, wish I had those muscles. And as people come into the body of Christ, we look around. Some people say, I wish, wish everybody was the bicep. No, you want to know what? Some of you are stinky toes. Some, of, some of you are are, are are fingers. Me, I kind of think I'm an armpit. Okay, Just way too stinky for my own good. But we all serve a purpose. Like your body has different members on it and they're all useful. Pete, were your toes useful? <laughs> Sometimes you've got to lose them to realize how useful they were. Every little piece was useful. And as you get put into the body of Christ... Christ intended to be a part of the body. And you serve a purpose there. You, you are a member of that body. But now we get to the other part of the verse. And this is where we're going to concentrate. Because this whole portion is about Jesus. We've been called out. We've been placed into a body. But it says that Jesus is the what? The head. Jesus is the head. There's, there's no one else who is the head of the church. Amen. Okay? I am very careful to never refer to myself as the senior pastor of UV Church. Because by saying senior, it's calling me the head. And I don't want to be that. I'm not the head of this church. I understand that I have a role. I'm the armpit that preaches. Right? That's what I do. But I'm not the head. Jesus is the head. And with the head, there comes certain responsibilities. In Colossians, it speaks further about Jesus being the head. In Colossians, Chapter two, verse nineteen. Excuse me, verse uh, verse ten. It says this: "And you have been filled with Him who is the head of all rule and authority. He's the head of all rule and authority. So there's something about being the head that has to do with He's in charge. He's the leader." We look to Him for all directions. So when we take offering plates and we pass them among them and we bring it to Himself, we don't just take it to the deacons or go to the pastor and say, now what do you want to do with it? Jesus is in charge. He's the head. That's His money. As we have a facility, it's not just for the deacons or the building committee or somebody who's got a plan to say, this is what we're doing with this, this building. No. We go to Jesus and we say, this is your building. You're the head. What do you want to do with this building you individually as a member of this body whether you're the other armpit or whether you're a finger or whatever you are in this body you bring yourself to jesus and you say jesus you are the head you have all the authority and rule what do you want me to be and do in this body you submit yourself to him because he's in control he's in control Amen. now when you consider jesus being the head a lot of times when you hear this passage, it's just kind of limited to that. While he's the head. He has all authority and rule. And for sure, he is preeminent. He is supreme. He is all authority and rule. But I, I want to go further with that today to, 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 to more. When I was over in Washington recently at a men's <laughs> retreat, we got into small groups and I was talking to a man. He was new to the church. And he was introducing himself and kind of discussing what had happened. But uh, we were kind of going around the group, saying what's been going on in our lives recently. And he said, "Well, well, this has been going on." And he raised up his hand and he was missing two fingers. And he said he had been out in his shop and he was using the saw, and the saw got more than the wood. It took a couple fingers. And it was sore, it caused him a little hardship And I saw him trying to shoot a basketball And you could tell he was, he was having a little bit of trouble But the, the reality was this That man was missing fingers And he was still at the retreat He was still talking, he was still shooting baskets He could live Amen. Right, some of you are also in that situation Pete lost some toes, you know Ronnie's got his leg Some of you may be missing, I don't know you may be missing the toes. I don't know about Maybe one day, you know what? You can still live, right? Amen. Now, have you ever seen anybody without a head who's living? <laughs> no. You have to have a head to live. You have to have a head to live. I saw a cartoon where a, 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 a man was standing in front of his wife. He didn't have a head. You just saw a sweater and then there was nothing. And uh it was actually, uh, people were supposed to ride in and give a caption. I love what one person said. The wife said, to the headless, headless husband said this, well, you never used it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny, because it's a joke. You can draw that and make it look like it could actually happen. But when you look at life, you have to have a head to live. There has to be uh, the head attached. Yeah. It has to be there, or there is no life. If Jesus was just about rule or just about thoughts, it'd be a lot like my mom would say when I'd go to school when I was young, she'd always say this, remember to take your thinking cap, right? Your head's just not the thing that, that you put on so you can think. Your head has to be there for life. And if Jesus is our head, then he has to be here for this church to live. Amen. If we don't have Jesus, we don't have anything. If He is not the supreme, absolute ruler of Unity Advent Christian Church, we should not be here. We should pack up these chairs and go home. Amen. We have to have Jesus. If you think you can get through one moment of this life without Jesus and still having life and all that it has to offer, you are mistaken. You must have Jesus for life. You must have your head. He's everything to you. He's everything. And so as we consider Jesus and I consider the fact that he's our head, what I love about God is this. He didn't say, I've called out this group of people and I just kind of put them in this pen over here and they'll just kind of be until I come back. He said, I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And you know, you've got to have a heart too. That's the spirit pumping in his people. Jesus is the head of the church. What I love is God did not abandon his people. He desires to be with his people. Amen. Ever since the beginning when Adam and Eve had sinned. And it says that in their sin before God was even coming. He was going to come for a walk and be with them. He's coming for the walk, but it says in Genesis chapter 3 Adam and Eve went and hid themselves in the bushes from the presence of the Lord Jonah, he receives the call for ministry Jonah, go to Nineveh, preach the word I give you Jonah didn't want any good of that But it wasn't just the call. It says there that when he didn't want to do that, he fled. And it says in Jonah chapter 1, he fled from the presence of the Lord. How many of you in your sin or in your call or in whatever you're doing have have made this kind of a heart issue or a motivation? I don't actually want to be with the Lord because if I'm with him, he's going to make me do something. If Jesus is in charge, then I actually have to love my enemy. If Jesus is with me, he's told me not to doubt and have confidence, then I can't keep living in my pity. You need the presence of Jesus. We've got to have the presence of Jesus. We, as a church, must have Jesus, the head attached, to live and to thrive in corruptions, Continuing in chapter 2, later on, it says this. Chapter 2, verse 19, it says, holding fast to the head. It's actually talking about people who don't do this, but it says, we're um, holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. Let me read that again. It says, holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. That as Jesus being attached to His church, in the presence of His church, that we being being attached to Him and not letting go of Him and wanting Him in our presence, that we together would bind up as a body of love. And then we'd be working to continue to grow up and mature in Him. And to grow in life. And as Ephesians chapter 1 says, that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. He would be our everything because that's where we have life. You all are from the country, right? Mm-hmm. Now I've never seen this, but I've heard many people in, in the country account for this. But when you were younger, maybe you still do this, but I haven't heard it lately because you've got IGA. But when you were younger, your mom or your grandma would go out to the pen and grab a chicken. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And they would take it and they might bring that neck, right? Mm-hmm. That head would come right off. And what would that chicken do? Flop around. You've heard the saying, run around like a chicken with its head cut off. Now you might look at that and think, well, there's still life in it. No, there's lifeless busyness. There's just a run around and flopping until you die. And a church that has had its head cut off, Jesus Christ, is just flopping around, doing a lot of business, but dying. Amen. If we detach from Jesus, it's like we've allowed Satan to take us by the neck and wring it. We run around. We can be all. We can build. We can do parties. We can eat fried food together and call it whatever we want. But all of our busyness without Jesus is just. Headed towards death. You will never grow. You will never be fulfilled. You will never go and reach out to other people and say, Hey, you've got to know about this Jesus. We will have no effect that is of any kingdom value on this community if we are detached from our head. Jesus. Amen. We must have Jesus. You may have come in this morning and said, I'm feeling really low. Your circumstances may not have been great this week. It may feel like somebody's got you by the head and had to ring you up. But let me tell you something. Jesus so desires to stay attached to you, to be your head. Yeah, to lead you with all of the authority and rule. But in his presence, as you come and you draw near to God, it was such a desire of God to have you close to him that he might care for your heart, that he might go with you during the week. And Sure, things are going to continue maybe to be rough. But he will, he will come into your life and say, you know what? But I called you out. I called you out of sin. And I called you out of death. I called you out of the world. And I called you out of the dominion of darkness. And look where I've put you. I've put you in my presence. I'm not leaving you. Please don't go leave me. Come in. As you come in. And you look at the fact that God is so good. He's desired to be with us. The response is that we look back at Him and say. We want to be with you. We see what you've done, and you are amazing. You're lovely. You're perfect. You're good. And we as this church, we want to be with you. You're our rock. You're our foundation. You are the chief shepherd. You are the senior pastor. You You are glorious. I think we recognize that Jesus is the head. That we are in his presence and attached to him, we say. We just want to worship him. So I just want to take a few minutes here together to worship Him. I know a lot of times we just come to a song and say a prayer and go, I just want to spend some time worshiping. And we do that with song, and I want a song to bleed into the rest of our week. I want it to bleed into when we reorganize this room with tables and fix up those rooms over there. I want it to bleed into the conversations you're going to have over lunch. I want it to, 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 to flow over and then spill out into the community as we go to our jobs and schools and to take tests for the end of year uh, tests. You know, I and mean, Let Jesus be your head and be in his presence as you go because the reality is if you're not in his presence, in this room or as you leave this place. You're without everything. And He is everything. So let's spend some time worshiping together. I'm going to go ahead and stand down here and I'm going to start with a hymn. I don't actually know if anybody knows this hymn, but... You might recognize the tune, and as you pick it up, you're welcome to sing along. But um, I'm going to ask you, if you have the ability to, you're welcome to stand. We'll stand together and sing, but if if while we're singing, you need to sit down and pray, if you need to find a place that's just going to be your altar today, you're going to say, Lord, I need your presence in my life, that we together, as we sing as a church, and say, Lord, you are our head. We see you as the leader. We see you as our life. So this this song is called The Church's One Foundation.
1: The Church's One Foundation is Jesus Christ. Her- Like them, the meek and lowly, for I may
0: well with thee. This next one's new, but it's easy.
1: forgotten that you may have forgotten that Jesus loves you. You may have forgotten in the midst of this world that maybe nobody else does. Jesus does. Jesus loves you so much that He paid the price for your sin.
0: Us so that in addition to Jesus being God, having created everything, having been from all of eternity, and even holding everything together by his word, that he has taken time to spill his blood and then to reach out and to call us by name and to forgive us and to love us with an everlasting love. And as those songs reflected, you're the church's one foundation. You love your church. You love your bride. You love your body. We pray that this body of believers would not detach from you, its head. We pray that we as individuals would not detach as well, but that we would go now and not leave your presence, but stay in your presence, recognizing that by your spirit, you go with us everywhere. By your word, You continue to speak into our life at all times. We pray that if we forget everything else that over and over would be sung out in our soul, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And so Jesus, we give you our everything. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord.